Hi, my name is Sydney Sept. We came to Ireland to study sustainability. Hi, my name is Isis Ishino Amin. My name is Kadi Javi, and I am part of the students who are in Ireland for the Study Abroad program. My name is BJ Untai. I'm a professor of economics at Bellevue College. My own research has to do with sustainability, macroeconomics, and the sort of trade-off that we currently have between jobs and the environment. And we are sitting in the back room at Brennan's in Bundoran that has been run by two elderly women for many, many years. Um, so prior to Earth Day, we went to a beach cleanup on one of the beaches in Bundoran. And um, we noticed that there was a lot of garbage and a lot of garbage that, um, a lot of garbage on the beach that didn't seem to come from Bundoran. And the ocean was kind of a dumping site for all unwanted things and how that ends up um, across the world. So garbage that had been dumped in, say, Asia can end up in Ireland and could end up on the shores of New York or can end up on the shores of Washington and stuff like that. I went on our uh, horse ride. Um, we were going through like the hills and like the valleys of Ireland and it was like really, really, really pretty. And then um, the hills closest to the beach, we saw that there was like a ton of garbage, ton of like ropes and um, and stuff. And we asked our instructor, was like, where is this? Do people just dump this stuff here? And she was like, no, it's swept in from the ocean and from the sea. Um, so. I thought that was interesting. So we did a cleanup. Uh, we um, we were a team. We went around um, the neighborhood to pick up garbage, and I noticed that there were a lot of plastic bags, and that got me thinking. Since Ireland banned um, plastic bags, what I, I don't know what 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 are some of the policies they put in place? Even because sometimes it's like uh, law in books and law in action. You ban something, but is it really banned? Well, I have some broad questions for you guys. What is your understanding of the environmental crisis that we face today? I don't know as much as I would like to know, that's for sure. Um, but as of right now, I, I did take environmental science, so I know that there's a lot of things going on and that there's a lot of things that aren't in place to protect our environment. So like when we went to Ecuador, I learned that they have laws that protect the rights of nature. So these kind of are guidelines that ensure that um, their environment isn't going to get destroyed. And we don't have those right now. Like as like our government is actively repealing environmental laws and doing things that are putting our environment in danger and promoting uh, climate change, which further is going to lead to a domino effect of just, I guess, more environmental destruction. So um, I don't know a lot of specifics about it, but I have a general understanding of our environmental crisis and um, that, that the U.S. is a strong, uh, I guess, proponent in perpetuating the environmental crisis when the entire world basically is trying to save the world and the U.S. is one of the largest um, contributors to climate change and environmental destruction. My understanding of um, current environmental crisis is that um, as humans there are a lot of things we do that harm the environment but yet still we don't act 
like we're supposed to. For example, uh, when we did the cleanup, we see along the roadside there were a lot of cigarette butts. Those didn't place themselves there. People, somebody smoked them and just threw them there. And like um, I said, um, the U.S. is one of the biggest contributors to environmental hazards. But what are they doing about the environment? We have a president who doesn't even believe in climate change. What does that say about us as humans? We're harming the environment, but we 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 don't we're not doing what we're supposed to do in order to protect it. And this is where we live. We um, we do everything, you know, in our environment. I feel like Americans consume too much of certain things. Um, when we go out of the country and go to different places like Ecuador and Ireland, uh, we see that portion sizes are a lot smaller and we see um, like things are just a lot smaller in size and portion. And um, I feel like we're so used to using a lot of certain things and we should get more used to not using so much of things. Okay, well, one of the things you guys m mentioned is you're not very aware of aspects of the environmental crisis, which I would encourage you to study with some caution because it's some heavy stuff. If you start looking at the data and the kind of trajectory that we're on, it's frightening. And so my next question is, how do you feel in terms of your ability to affect change or to act in this situation? I feel... Like, I should be more involved in the change. Um, I feel like right now I make some good movements and, um, like, forward movements to combat uh, my consumption. Um, but I also feel like, you know, I'm just one person and there's millions of other people who don't do what I do. And um, we're so used to doing the same thing repetitively in America um, specifically and then also like for example I really want to like go to places where um, it's like natural beauty like uh, Alaska for example they the ice caps are melting and I feel like my children are not going to be able to see that and I want to go and see it before it's gone and I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to have that feeling. Emotionally, it's scary when you think about um, what's going to happen in the future and knowing that um, as humans, you, as a person, there's something you can do about it. Personally, um, after I came back from Galapagos, I, um, I improved a lot in the way I um, deal with um, like waste. I started recycling more. I was not doing a lot of recycling, honestly, but I do more a lot of recycling now. And I think if we all do something like that, if I do this, you do that, and somebody else, you know, does something, it will help a lot to um, save a lot of things. And also our future children will be able to experience those things. And like she said, we don't have to have that feeling of, oh, I want to go and see this before it's gone. Well, emotionally, it's like... I mean, to be honest, it's depressing to think about um, taking environmental science opened my eyes up to like what what we are doing as, I guess, a global community to the environment and then specifically what the U.S. is doing to the environment. And it just sucks to know that there's a small group of people that care more about their personal gain, about their personal wealth than the commonwealth of the entire world. They 
they could care less about um, people having clean water. They could care less about um, preserving an environment or preserving lands um, that are sacred or important to other people. They could care less about that. And that's, it's frustrating to know, like, like in your heart, you want to say, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do these things and I'm going to put this like a little push for change in my own personal life but then you see all these people you see the EPA repealing laws that protect the environment protect national environmental monuments and then you wonder I don't know sometimes you wonder like what is the point of me doing my little bit if there's so many things on a grander scale that are taking place to combat me composting and me recycling and me like trying to not use plastic bags and carrying like 50 pairs of clothes and like not so like it's just it's infuriating and to add on to that what what is what do you think is the most important thing that uh you can do as an individual or that we need to do as a society to address the problem well i do have hope on the younger generation um has become more vocal um, with activism for the environment. So I've seen like little hints of like um, the environmentalist movement coming back again, which is nice to know like people are fighting and fighting for, I guess, their rights as people. And one of those rights is preserving the environment. So in that way, I'm hopeful. When I become a teacher, when I become a professor, making kids aware of the environment. So getting more, um, I guess, curriculum around environmental sustainability and promoting sustainability in every kind of which way. For me, personally, I think what we can do as a society is to um, also vote in leaders that will take environmental issues seriously. Right now in Gambia, there are some activists that are behind bars simply because they were protesting at the beach. There is a Chinese company that through um, did, uh, like, they have a company and they threw their dates in the beach. This is a small town and uh, the, com the um, residents of the town really rely on the beach for recreational purposes. And the activists said, no, you are not going to throw this here. And they were arrested. They are still actually arrested. And I, so I think it's really disappointing that our leaders are not, some of you know the leaders are not taking environmental issues seriously. So I think as a people, what we can do is to also listen to when people want us to vote for them, like listen to what environmental policies they have. And if we vote, it doesn't just stop at voting for them, but also holding them accountable. Okay, so what does environmental justice mean to you guys? Um, I took a, cl uh, a globalization class and I wrote a paper about um, the environment. One of the topics that we discussed was about the environment. And I wrote um, that multinational corporations um, are one of the biggest contributors to environmental um, hazards. And most of the time, it's developing countries that suffer. Countries like um, China, USA, they have big companies that are operating in Africa, like Shell, like uh, it's a foreign company. They pollute the environment. They are not suffering from it. It's the developing countries that suffer because our governments are greedy. They it's just some amount of money given to them and we, like the masses, suffer. So when it comes to environmental um, inequality, I, that's my understanding. Developed countries will pollute the environment, but they wouldn't suffer. They wouldn't face the consequences de developing countries 
and their people will suffer. So I'm doing a research paper class right now and it's a focus on sustainability as well and I have to break down um, Flint, Michigan and um, the crisis that's happening there with the water supply. That is a great example of environmental injustice and attacking black and brown communities who don't have a lot of money, you know, um, rural um, community. I don't know where we go from here. Like, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, We live in a capitalistic society where it's like everybody just wants money and get to the top and have power. And I'm still struggling on figuring out how we solve this problem. Why do you think it is that poor people or black and brown people tend to suffer the consequences disproportionately. They're disenfranchised, they're, they don't have power, they don't have, they're not represented in um, polis, politics and policy-making decisions. Um, you know, there's black people and people of color, you see the demographics of, you know, they don't really vote, it's not catered to them. Um, people who are in politics are white, white males older white males. It's much easier to dump something on a poor community that has no resources than it is to dump it on a suburban community. Um, The whole thing with the the, the Dakota pipeline, that whole thing, they purposely did it through this, was it not the Sioux, the Lakota Nation, instead of doing it through a suburban white area because they knew that suburban white parents and people would be upset and would raise all kinds of hell whereas because they're a Native American tribe because they're brown and they've been disenfranchised since white people came over here it's easier to um, walk all over the treaties that we've made and what what I guess the treaties they've already walked all over than it is to be like hey Paul and Jill we're gonna build a pipeline through your playground So that was kind of racist. I'm half white. (laughs) But um, it just goes back to the fact that, like, um, there's definitely privilege in our society. And the people that cause the pollution are aware of that privilege. And then they do it in a way where if they do receive backlash, it's minimal. What's the most important thing you've learned with regard to sustainability from these trips? Um, The most important thing that I think I've learned from these trips was um, how much we need to get involved um, and how much we need to actually be participating in environmental or in sustainability um, and how much we need to start educating people about uh, the importance of sustainability. Uh, For me, what I learned um, when I went to um, Ecuador is what is the developed countries doing? If Ecuador as a developing country is very serious about the environment, they have strict um, um, environmental laws and policies, what does that tell the developed countries? They have the money, um, the power, they have the resources to do that. What is stopping them? Is it... um, is it not important? It's, um, is it not scary that you know this is actually happening, or is it just because they would, is it because they want to ignore it? That's that's what I was thinking. If they can do it, why can't you know bigger countries, develop more um, developed countries and more wealthy nations? What can they do to um, you know stop that? Well, going to Ecuador was definitely an eye-opening experience. Um, it was the first time I ever left the country. 
actually it's the first time I've ever left the West Coast. Um, but it was interesting to see, like as Caddy said, like it was a they're considered um, a developing country, a middle class or middle yeah middle middle income country, and they they're already taking the initiative to do what's necessary um, to protect their environment and their and, and their environment is definitely unique and it's one of a kind like Darwin developed his theory of evolution on this on on the Galapagos Islands this is where we get theory of evolution from so I can understand why they they work so hard to preserve the environment because well one they're dependent on tourism which mm. brings in a lot of revenue so if their environment isn't intact if it's not um, up to par then they there's going to be several consequences after that but it's unfortunate that it's only like we you see more environmental i guess environmental protection um, with uh, countries that have a tropical environment or a nice magical environment where it shouldn't be that way. Everyone should care equally about their own environment and not just about the ones that are pretty. Because um, because people go to these places so often to get away from their lives, it has to be, they have to make sure that their environment is looking great all the time. It's just, I wish that it was like that everywhere instead of being like, oh, well, we have to save the sea lions and stuff like that. I'm like, well, we should also save like the owls. We should also save like the foxes like in the in the forest. Like it shouldn't always have to be like a tropical resort that gets um, environmental protection because we all like we all have our own different environments. We all have our different ecosystems that we um. I guess used to get away from our lives, but it shouldn't always be the ones that are considered pretty. I just wanted to add on to what Sydney said. Um, in all the African countries that I have been to, including Gambia, uh, the only envi um, environments that are being taken, part of the environment that are being taken care of is the place where tourists go mm. to relax. In it's, um, I, I guess that's the most important part of the, um, you know, the country because they don't, want stories to stop coming. Of course, they come because it's beautiful, it's relaxing, which says a lot about the way we take care of our environment. If we are beautifying that part that, you know, tourists would enjoy, how about the parts that we live in as a people every day, yeah. What's coming out of your conversation, and we're getting around to it, is the issues of uh, social justice, environmental justice, and how those things are related. And that's something we've just begun talking about, but I think that's something we could explore in a lot more depth, especially this stuff about tourism, which I find particularly troubling. They need jobs. If they don't have jobs, they're going to do something else, like sell drugs or start traf just trafficking any, like just crime in general. So if, if we look at tourism, the way that Galapagos tends to look at it is they do it from a small to medium enterprise and they come to people that work, who live on the island or who live in the area and be like, hey, we noticed you have a boat. They went to the locals on uh, San Cristobal and all the other Galapagos islands and were like, hey, we know that you have a boat. We know that you need money to help support your family and not only your family, your community. 
if you are willing to abide by these environmental guidelines and do training on environmental sustainability and policy, we will give you the technology, we will give you aid, we will give you money to do, to help get your business started. And that's what they did. And in exchange for that, they gave them a certificate. And the certificate basically says, this is an, an eco-friendly tourism company. And they promote ecotourism that way. So um, companies, so yeah, I guess all the tourism things that we did in Galapagos were run by ecotourism companies. So um, those get more promotion over multinational um, tourism agencies. And also they have regulations on how many multinational tourism agencies and how many boats they can have in the harbor or in the, in the bay or whatever. So in a way, I guess, you have to look at how it's being run, because I don't think tourism is a bad thing. All the research I did suggests that it's, it's a pretty good thing if it's done the right way. If multinational corporations that don't care are not, they don't have like a social, um, social responsibility in mind to the people they're, to the country they're working in and to the people they're working with, then that's when it gets all screwed up. When I took globalization with David, he made us watch a documentary called Living in Depth. It's about Jamaica. I think you guys should see it. It's a, it's a really interesting video. I still watch it. Uh, it's a documentary about um, Jamaica and um, some of the environmental. It's actually about globalization, but it tells you how multinational corporations, like, you know, are destroying the environment using, you know, the local people, like they hire them, all these um, designer corporations. If after watching it, you, it makes you question, do I really need to patronize, you know, these people, like designers like Michael Kors, like Gucci, you ask, you question yourself. I don't think I need to, um, you know, patronize these people because they are, you know, destroying, one day destroying the environment, abusing people, they hire them and just pay them some, like, peanuts <laughs> and they're making a lot of money on what those people are doing even um in the documentary one of the um, farmers was interviewed and he said um the locals don't buy their like, vegetables now because the ones coming from abroad are cheaper that's because of the nafta the free trade agreement whatever yeah but still um it's just like imposing a lot of problems on these people on the environment but it's still happening Back to sustainable consumption and like trying to reduce the, I guess, the chain of the trade tr chain. Yeah. Chain of consumption. Yeah, the chain of consumption. So like a lot of, and I mean a lot of this stuff is going on in Oregon because they're really hipster and like trying to be ahead of the curve. But um, so basically when Tim asked for tomatoes and they were out of season and got snapped at, that go it actually goes a long way. And you shouldn't ask for tomatoes out of season. But <laughs> related to Ireland. Uh, one thing that we were exposed to here in Ireland is during the famine, uh, there was more than enough food in Ireland mm -hmm. to feed the people. But poor people mm -hmm. were limited to crops that worked on the crappy land that they had, which mm -hmm. was primarily potato. And so when you know, a disease hit the potato crop, uh, it affected their food supply. Meanwhile, they were exporting food elsewhere um, for consumption in other places and importing food for rich people who lived here. And I think that's still happening, as you're saying, Caddy, today. That, in my mind, environmental justice 
is very much wrapped up in these social inequalities that you know you were talking about ISIS um, and and we see that here in Ireland too I, I hear you three mentioning Galapagos a lot and it's more visible and obvious um, but I think a lot of what we've learned about the history of Ireland connects um, the when we were in the bogs uh, bogland he was talking about you know the impact that even primitive peoples had on cutting down all the trees and the impact that that has long term I mean we're driving through a beautiful landscape that has no natural tree cover um, that contributes to climate change grass doesn't consume carbon dioxide in the way that trees does this is not a natural environment it's a beautiful environment but it's not a natural environment and if primitive peoples can have those that impact on the environment like what kind of impact are we having modern people with much more much bigger consumption habits um, so I'm just happy to see you all trying to make these connections um, in the different places that you've been blessed to go partly because of the funding that we got from the student environmental sustainability fund and I'm not just saying that like I mean that you guys wouldn't have had these opportunities if it wasn't for this and I think it's important to keep asking these questions and thinking about these. It's a journey. I don't know. I, f I feel like you, you guys didn't y express that you understand a whole lot about the environmental crisis, just that it's bad. And honestly, I don't know if I encourage people to study it because <laughs> it's, it's upsetting. It's pretty scary stuff. And yeah, on the other hand, I want people to educate themselves about it. So. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough question for me. A lot of people think about climate change, because that's what we hear about. But the environmental crisis consists of a lot more than climate change, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. And people then don't understand how something like, even like climate change, so in addition to climate change, what we have is ocean acidification, biodiversity loss, change in land use, um, nitrogen and phosphorus cycles are changing. That's through agriculture, putting fertilizer on crops. It goes into the rivers. There it goes into the, messes up the river systems and the freshwater systems. It messes up the deltas and the oceans. All of these things are connected, but people think about it only as climate change. And then when they do think about it as climate change, they think, well, temperature is going to go up two degrees in a hundred years. You know, it's, it's very abstract. What does that mean? But ultimately, what it means, I mean. For me, the, the consequences of this, the way it's going to impact us, is it will be, very quickly, it will be wars over resources. So people think, like, it's, it's not rising waters that's going to get you. It's going to be the human conflicts that are started over uh, resource shortages brought about by the environmental crisis. Just to l leave you with a terribly sad statistic. Uh, over 40% of the wildlife on the planet is gone since 1970. 40% of the wildlife on the planet since 1970. That's scary. That's the kind of thing I like to teach, despair. Thank you guys for sharing. That was great.